This is the Tanakh Podcast. My name is Alex Israel. Today, Yecheskel Peret Gimel, Ezekiel, Chapter 3. If it be your will That I speak no more And my voice be still Today we are once again dedicating our learning, Lishutor, for the merit of our soldiers, for their success and safe return. And we are also going to uh, be dedicating this to the Khatufim, the abducted abductees in Gaza. Today I'd like to talk about two themes. I'll start off with maybe the most famous pasuk in the chapter, which is, of course, Batisaini Ruach Meshmach Raikol Rash Gadol. Baruch kavod Hashem in Komo. Baruch kavod Hashem in Komo. Blessed is the honor of God from its place. This is the end, clearly, of the of the inaugural, inaugural prophecy, um, Yechaskal's prophecy of of appointment. It begins with, of course, that the the hand of God was upon him, and it ends off with the same idea. And him hearing the kanfei hachayot mashikotel ishalachota the sound of the angels, we call her Ofanim, we call Rash Gadol. Uh, I'm reading from chapter 3, verse 12, 13, 14. But let me say a word about Baruch Kvod Hashem Mim Komo. All of our Kedusha, when we say Kedusha, we are imitating the angels. Um, we're so much imitating the angels that we stand when we do Kedusha in Shul, the Kedusha prayer, we stand with our feet together. And uh, why do we hold our feet together? Because we're actually told in chapter one that the this image of the Maaseh Merkava, it says Veraglehem Regeli Shara that they the, the these angels only have one leg, one leg, <laughs> and therefore we put our legs together almost to imitate the angels. And in, in every single kedusha we try and imitate the angels. We say Nakadeshit Shimcha Olam. Let's sanctify. God in your world, like the angels do. Now that pasuk, kadosh 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 Hashem that God's presence fills the world, comes from Isaiah's image of God in chapter six of Yeshayahu. And then we say, but then we say, Baruch Kavod Hashem Mimkomo. Blessed is God from his place. And I I want to point out that in this, in and that's really the foundation, these two verses, the verse Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh from Isaiah and Burkavod Hashem in Komo from uh, Yechaskel is really the backbone of Kedusha. Everything else is additions. What we're really saying is we're imitating the angels, we're joining the angelic chorus, and we are singing your praises, God, through these two lines that we hear from the angels. But I want to point out that these two psukim create a dialectic. They create a, a movement between them. What do I mean? Kadosh, 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 Hashem God's presence fills the world. In other words, God is everywhere, right? <laughs> Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is everywhere. Or as we say in the next verse uh, in Kedusha, Kavodo Malay Olam. His presence fills the world. Okay, God is everywhere. So that is uh, what we're saying with Molochol Haaretz Kavodo. 
However, what are we saying here? Baruch Kvod Hashem Imkomo. Blessed is the honor of God from his place. Which place? Mimkomcha Malkenu Sophia. God, you will be manifest from your place. This is the classic question about whether God is universal, he's everywhere, or whether God is in a single spot, what Rav Soloveitchik called majesty and humility. And this is a paradox, of course, because we expect to meet God in certain places, maybe geographical places, in certain times, in certain moments, and uh, in certain situations. And on the other hand, we know that God is larger than any single place or time or space. So I just wanted to point out as we pass through this Pasuk, Baruch Vod Hashem in Komor, that this is quite a, a significant verse, but we're playing with our relationship to God. Do we experience God Kvodo Maleolam, Malochol Haaretz Kvodo? Do we experience God everywhere? Or do we find God in a in a particular holy place, maybe by the Kotel? I don't know, in a moment of distress, in a moment of war. Um, sometimes they say that God is found above the head of the sick. Uh, all of these, all of these uh, particular moments where we get a catch a glimpse of God. Is it Malochal Haaretz Kvodo or Baruch Kvod Hashem Mim Komo? Our second theme for today is the theme of silence, because if you look at the end of the chapter, um, verse 25, Put upon yourself ropes and tie yourself up, and do not walk amongst the people. And I will stick your tongue to your palate, you will become mute silent you will not rebuke the people because they are a house of, of the rebelliousness when i speak to you i will open your mouth and i'll tell to you and whoever will listen will listen and whoever won't won't now this is a continuation of the chapter um, which has spoken how Yechezkel has to be fearless and he's going to speak to people whether they listen or whether they don't. And in our last podcast, we spoke about the idea that Yechezkel is actually at a geographical remove and nothing that he says can really change anything. He can prepare the people to understand that but he can't really change something speaking in Bavel. He cannot change events in Jerusalem. But this is a stage further, this notion of, of silence. Now, this is a, a theme in the Sefer because in the last chapter of Rebuke, in chapter 24, Yechezkel is told that very soon news will come of the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, a refugee will come, and it, on that day, he's told, at the end of uh, chapter 24, he's told, on that day, Bayomahu yipatach picha, first chapter 24, verse 27, your, your mouth will be opened. You will speak and you will be mute no longer. And indeed this happens if you look in chapter 33, verse 22. Uh, the night before the refugee comes, God came to me at night and opened my mouth. I was silent no longer. So how do we understand this sense of muteness or silence? So on the one hand, you could simply say what we've said already. What we said yesterday about Yechezkel's passivity, that 
uh, there's not much he can change. All he can do is explain, and the likelihood that people listen is 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 relatively slim. And yet he's going to talk, and in the course of time, the prophecy will will be seen and realized as very very true. But I I'd like to maybe share with you a teaching that I heard from my teacher David Nativ, Rav David Nativ, many years ago, and it's 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 a stunning uh, idea. Uh, he said that. If, if um, galut isn't only physical dislocation, exile doesn't just mean that we are distanced from our land. It's also a dislocation from God. And when you have an intense relationship, that is characterized, think about a human relationship. When you have an intense relationship, that is characterized by conversation and speech. When a couple are in love, they are talking 17 times a day and they're communicating in between in, on, on, on voice messages and WhatsApp. But when chas v'shalom, there is a breakdown in relationship, uh, in, a, in, a, in a marriage, in a business relationship, right? then people don't answer your calls. In other words, there, there is silence. Galut is signified by silence. Exile is signified by uh, 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 this mutinous, which Yechezkel. Yechezkel is the prophet of Galut, of exile, and he lives in exile. And at some level, he's going to open his mouth in order to speak in the name of God. But other than that, he is mute. Um, and this is true in many, many different places. In Tanakh, I'll give you an example. We go through Sefer Bereshit, and there is a lot of contact all the time. God is speaking to the Avot. But according to tradition, we are in Egypt for 210 years. 210 years. Uh, we've got the years of the, of the uh, slavery. How much prophecy is there? How much coverage of the Torah is there? From the time of the death of Joseph till the time of the burning bush, there is precisely two chapters. Two chapters for 210 years, maybe even 400 years. And if that's true, so, so why so little? And then suddenly Moshe comes onto the scene and we have a, a burst of prophecy. I'll give you another example. Take the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is 24 chapters and it covers a single generation. However, you have the book of Shoftim, the book of Judges, which is a time of great Hester Panim, a time of great trouble. And that is 21 chapters, which covers about 300 years. The ratios are out. But when God is close to his people, there is a lot of conversation, there is a lot of contact, there is a lot of dialogue. And therefore, when we are in a state of dislocation and we are a state of uh, distancing from God, which is exactly what galut is. There is no, no speech. And this is what the rabbis mean when they say that when we went into exile, prophecy ended. So once again, during the 70 years of exile, how much prophecy do we have? And therefore, even though we have a prophet, Yechaskel, who is there to explain to the exiles what exactly is going on and how this is all God's doing and it's God's will, Yet this is signified by the prophet telling us that his his tongue won't work, that he is going to be silent, that he is going to be speechless. And this will be very much expressed and animated in what we will see in the in the next chapter. Uh, the, the book of the book of Yecheskel is full of symbolic action. And it might well be that he resorts to mime, to theater rather than speech <laughs> more than he more than he talks. He, he acts things out. Um, because this is a period of, of the hidden face of God. This is a period of Hester Panim, and that is one of the symptoms of Galut, 
a lack of speech. Thank you for listening. Lehitraot Machar. If it be your will that I speak no more and my voice be still. <laughs> 